Thank you for taking time to listen to this week's message from First Orlando. You can find even more content, including video archives of this and other past messages at firstorlando.com. And if you're in the Orlando area, be sure to visit us sometime soon. Now, enjoy this podcast from First Orlando. It would be great to be able to just say, I'm starting all over. But maybe we can't. Maybe what we need to ask for today is a fresh start. And I believe God makes a way. In fact, I believe the book of Habakkuk is a story of a fresh start. And so I want to welcome you to uh, a study of 56 verses. And those of you that are streaming and those of you that are watching on television, so good to have you. For two weeks, I have longed to preach this message. For two weeks. I mean, I'm, I'm just, I know there's some things here I need to hear. And I'm believing there are things here that you want to hear and need to hear. Because Habakkuk is literally showing us his journal. And, and just letting us look at his thoughts. I mean, it's a really interesting. There's not another prophet like this in terms of what's written. And Stacy did an amazing job last week setting it up, and I want to thank her for being uh, faithful to his word. She, she's a part of a research team that I meet with every week. And we've been working on the book of Habakkuk and reading it and just asking God to show us, and she's been leading that team. And so she was a natural to set it up and to kind of give you the picture. And she did it. I mean, it's, it's a prophet who lived basically the same time Jeremiah, and he had to watch Babylon come and take Jerusalem. And it was a horrific time. Can't imagine what it felt like for him. Do you think it's okay to have bitterness? Has God ever disappointed you? You know, Warren Wiersbe says the number one problem in the church today is bitterness. And most of our bitterness, though we may direct it toward a brother or a sister or a spouse or an ex-spouse or whatever, we really, if we're honest, can trace it back to a disappointment with God. God didn't answer a prayer. God didn't get that job for us. God didn't heal our body or heal one of our children or one of our loved ones. In other words, God disappointed us. And we tuck it way down in, saw it, and, and nobody wants to say, oh yeah, I'm disappointed with God. No. So we end up being disappointed with somebody that represents somebody that talks about him, somebody that loves him. But I can tell you, Habakkuk, you had an issue with God. And I'm going to tell you today, it's okay. In fact, some of you are streaming and you're not perhaps active anywhere in a church because of a disappointment. Or maybe you were made to feel bad because you were disappointed. And I just want to tell you, it's okay. 2,600 years ago, a book was written that is like a journal of a prophet who was disappointed with God. And guess what? It made it in the big book. There's a reason. Because God wants to speak to you. And he wants to speak to me. And the lessons we learn 
Number one, be honest. Be honest. God can handle your whining. God can handle your complaints. He can handle your questions. Remember, when you have questions for God, it's not like you're questioning God. You just have questions I don't understand. This Bible, 66 books, it's filled with people who came to God and said, God, I don't understand this. And I think we all have to start where Habakkuk starts. And so if you've got your Bible or if you've got a phone, if you've got a phone, you're going to get there a lot quicker. If you've got a Bible, you need to start searching now, immediately. And maybe by the end of the day, you will have found the book of Habakkuk. Go to the middle of the Bible between Malachi and Matthew and back up five books. That's, that's how I do it. It is a hard one to find because he's called a minor prophet. Minor doesn't mean he wasn't important. It just meant he was very brief and short, 56 verses. Takes less than 10 minutes to read it. But it's 10 minutes that'll change your life. His name meant to what? Wrestle. But it also meant to embrace. And that's kind of the outline of the book. He starts with wrestling with God. And guess where he ends up? Embracing God. And on Labor Day weekend, we're going to celebrate that embracing God. And one of the ways we're going to do it is with a worship experience that includes the Lord's Supper. I just, I don't want you to miss. I know many of you, if you've got plans, you're going to be out of town. If you're able to stream that day, for sure we want you to be a part. But this is a journey I want us all to take because these are times that we need to be honest. Let's read what Habakkuk says. Okay, we're going to start in verse 1. The oracle that Habakkuk the prophet saw. O Lord, how long shall I cry for help and you're not going to hear me? Do not raise your hand, but how many of you have ever said that to God? <laughs> how many times I'm going to ask for this and you don't hear me, okay? That's where Habakkuk starts. Or cry to you violence and you don't save me. Why do you make me see iniquity? Why do you idly look at wrong? destruction, violence are before me. Strife and contention arise. And the law is paralyzed and justice never goes forth. For the wicked surround the righteous, so justice goes forth perverted. That is not exactly a devotional thought. That is a questioning of God. But you know what? God is big enough. He can handle your frustration. He can handle your confusion. He can handle everything that you want to bring to him. And asking him those questions is not like you're questioning him. And we'll get to that in just a second. I think it's important that we start being honest about how we feel, and especially to him. Because you know what's silly? I run into people who say, yeah, you know, I've kind of felt that way, but I've never said that in a prayer to God. Well, guess what? You don't have to. He already knows it. He knows your thoughts. Do I need to remind us of that? He knows what you're thinking. So why wouldn't you just go ahead and own it and say it? Just like Habakkuk did. 12-year-old boy named Brian grew up in Sunday school, grew up in a church. Parents were great parents. Took him to church, took him to, he was in a Christian school. 
And one day, he just had a lot of questions, and one day a teacher told him, shut up and believe. You know what? He didn't shut up, and he didn't believe. In fact, he became Marilyn Manson. The shock rocker, you probably see that. That doesn't look like your average Sunday school boy. And the songs he did and the albums he produced and what's happened to him even more recently, no. He said the middle word in the word belief is lie. I just wonder if somebody had looked at him and said, hey, it's okay to question. Let's talk about that. I want to tell you something. You're in a church that it's okay to question. It's okay to ask the hard questions. You know why? Because we got a big God and he can handle it. And the book is filled with people who come and they're honest. Because you know what happens if you're not honest? You pretend. You come into church and you pretend that everything's okay between you and God and all you're doing is lying. If you don't ask questions, even in your marriage, you're pretending and it's not going to help your marriage. It's not going to help you if you pretend to be better off than you really are. When you ask the questions, that's when it gets real. Be honest. So can I just be honest with you this morning? I don't want to be real honest. Last Sunday morning, I was uh, getting ready to come and preach this message. Rachel had been sick, and, and we'd been monitoring carefully. She was doing all the right things, all the things they tell you to do. If it is COVID, we didn't know it was. Actually, she tested negative. And when I got up and was getting ready, about 6.30, I went in to check on her, and she had to get up in the night and sit in a recliner because she was the breathing. Uh, she was having a little trouble breathing, but it was, her heart rate was up like in the 130s, which is very uh, abnormal for her. And so I looked at her and I said, are you okay? And she, I said, do you need me to, look, I'll stay here this morning, whatever we need to do. She said, no, why don't you go on and you preach the first message and maybe they can video it and then, and then come home and take me to the hospital. I said, come home and do what? And she said, take me to the hospital. I said, no. We're going to the hospital now. I'm not going and doing anything. I'm going to the hospital now. We had asked God to give us a sign. If she needed to go, make it clear. I don't know how it gets any clearer than that. <laughs> Men, do God ever, does God ever speak through your wife? Let me see a hand. Guys, here's a little encouragement. Raise your hand right now. It don't matter. Raise your hand. Go ahead and pretend in this moment. Yes, yes, yes. But she said, I, I need to go. We went to the hospital. I watched. I streamed, just like many of you are streaming today. I streamed the first service sitting in my truck in a parking lot of the emergency room. And let me tell you, I'm so glad we can stream. It works there. It gave me hope, gave me encouragement. They, I couldn't go in because of covid and so what I'm telling you is at a spur of the moment, we already knew one of our sons, our son, a middle son had it. Our granddaughter, two years old, tested positive. Daughter tested positive. And I'm going to just be honest with y'all. I hate COVID. I pray God will send it to hell where it came from. 
because I hate COVID. God didn't create it. God didn't create a world that had that in it. He created a perfect place and we messed it up. And because of the fall, we got to deal with all kinds of stuff, including COVID. There's so many things I don't understand about it. And I'm not going to get into debates on you need to do this. You need to do that. Let me tell you, anytime I meet somebody who has it all figured out, I just check them off the list. No, nope, they don't know anything. People say, well, follow the science. Which science? There's one on this side. There's one on that side. I know one physician who is never wrong. His name is Jesus, the great physician. And so I just have to trust. And I want you to do the same. But here's what I do know. There are a lot of things about COVID I don't know, but there's one thing I do. We have health care professional heroes among us. And they are out there fighting a battle with almost an unknown. Can we just, hey, if you're in this room, if you're streaming, you need to put it in the chat. You can tell what you do if you're a doctor, you're a nurse, you're a respiratory therapist, whatever you are. If you would let us know on the chat, but in the room, would you stand if you're a health care professional? I, I just want to honor you. I want to say thank you and pray for you. Wherever you are, stand up. Wow. All over, in the balcony. Remain standing. Remain standing, guys. <clears throat> I, don't, I don't have enough words for you because I know firsthand what you do. And there are a lot of people who never realize what you go to work with every day, what you come home with, what you think about, dream about. But you still do your job. And you do it for people that sometimes may never even say thank you. Can I just say today, on behalf of a grateful church, thank you for fighting battles. See, we can't fight when we are sick. You are the heroes among us, and I want to give thanks to the Lord. Father, would you bless these? Would you give them wisdom? And would you protect them? And through them, extend your healing grace to all their patients. In Jesus' name, and let the church say, amen. amen. Thank you so much. Bless you. And those of you that are streaming, thank you. As I've watched the news, I'll be honest about something else. I don't understand Afghanistan. I don't understand a lot of things I don't understand about it, but I don't understand how a woman is killed because she doesn't have proper attire. How Christians now are running for their life. And I know that because there's a missionary that served in Afghanistan. He is a medical doctor and he chose a profession of medicine because he really was gifted and he was smart, but he chose where to do it because he wanted to make a difference in the lives of people. And he was in Afghanistan. And as I've watched the events unfold, I just don't want us to forget about the church in Afghanistan. I don't want us to forget about those who are in danger now because those who are in charge have no concept of religious freedom. And I will stand for religious freedom everywhere in this world. Wherever there is a place that loses that freedom, you have lost something that's so basic and a part of our life and life itself. Look, this is a TikTok. And I read it 
Rachel showed it to me, and I just kept reading it over. I want you to look at it. The church in Afghanistan says, we will gather and likely die. The church in America, we will gather. Unless there's a cookout, a birthday party, or if it's a nice day, or there's a chance of rain, or I'm a little tired, or something. So can I just beg you every day, pray for the church in Afghanistan? Pray for what's going on there. There's another place I don't understand the pain and suffering of Haiti. Another earthquake. And we got people that, oh my goodness, I love them dearly. That are from Haiti or maybe still have family there. I just, there's these questions. And is it okay to look at God and go, God, can you stop this? Yes, it's okay. And what I really struggle with, I struggle with people who die that are really good people. And they die too soon. In other words, you probably had someone in your family and, and, and it was they got a rare illness. There's something freaky happened. It was an accident. I, you know what? I just don't get good at dealing with that. I mean, I know the hope we have in Christ, but I don't understand. And that missionary I told you about, that doctor, he's dying of a rare lung cancer. When he had to leave Afghanistan, he ended up in another part of our world continuing to do missions. And then he ended up back here. And he's living in Melbourne with his family. He's one of the most incredible people. I mean, this family is unbelievable. And I drove over there a few weeks ago because I heard he got a diagnosis that was not good. And I just had to go see him because I, I didn't, I thought I got to, if he doesn't last long, I got to see him at least one more time. And I drove over there and I sat by his bed and prayed with him. And he encouraged me a lot more than I encouraged him. I got in my truck. I, act, I acted all tough. I acted like, oh, man, I'm, I'm, I got faith. This is going to be okay. We're going to be all right. I got in my truck. I drove down the block to an RV's parking lot and sat in my truck and cried like a baby. I struggle. Why him, God? A rare, rare lung disease. He never smoked a day in his life. Why? So it's okay. So what I want you to do, I want you to be honest with me. I want you to take your phone out in the note section. Don't text me, just in the note section. Would you write what you are struggling with today? Write it to God. God, I don't understand this. Or God, I'm disappointed with you because this. Can you do it? I mean, write it on something. Just for a second, you're going to see how this comes into play with the book of Habakkuk in just a moment. Let's be honest. We'll never get anywhere until we start there. Write something down. I've shared a few of mine. There's a, there's a lot more. By the way, the Lord has been good to me, and I will never forget that. And if he never does anything else good, he's already done enough. I'll praise him the rest of my days. God is good, and I will celebrate that. I will worship that, and I will praise him, even if I don't understand him. My kids are doing so much better. My wife is home from the, from the hospital. She's doing great. And we are following, pro let me tell you how bad I wanted to be here today. We're following protocol. I mean, this church, you're in great hands. And we have a team that are making sure that every time we have somebody test positive or somebody's near somebody. So I called the chairman 
of our personnel team who is very aware of everything that's going on because he works in the medical field. And I said, okay, I got one question for you. What do I have to do to be there in person Sunday to preach? I'll do whatever you tell me I have to do. He said, I'm going to consult with a specialist, and I will have the word for you. He calls me back, and he says, you have to leave the house, you have to quarantine, and you have to take a test on Saturday and, or Friday, and if you test negative, you can go to church. Guess what I did? Packed my bags, moved out. And I went and got a test. Guess what? I've never been more proud to be a negative person in all my life. I just said, God, thank you. Been tested three times, every one of them negative. I've never been proud of negative people, but I am now. What I'm saying is, even with all of that, I see God. So the next lesson you learn from Habakkuk, brace yourself. <laughs> You're not going to like what God may be doing. And what he tells Habakkuk is, there's some people that are about to come down on you, and they're not really nice people. Let's start. Go back to the text. I'm in verse 5. The Lord's answer, look among the nations. See, wonder, be astounded. I'm doing a work in your days that if I were to tell you, you wouldn't believe it. For behold, I'm raising up the Chaldeans. That's Babylonians, same, same group. That bitter and hasty nation who march through the breadth of the earth to seize dwellings that are not their own. They are dreaded and fearsome. Their justice and dignity go forth from themselves. How well you think that went over with Habakkuk? Hey, Habakkuk, I'm working. I'm going to send your enemy in there. You're, you're going to be in really a mess. Deep weeds for a while. Nobody wants that answer. Brace yourself. And I want to give you a principle that you need to remember. Do not try to understand God through the lens of your circumstances. Understand your circumstances through the lens of God. You may explain that. When I take my glasses off, I see you guys on the front row. Back in the back, you're a blurry blob. That's about all I got. When I put my glasses on, I see clearly. We try to figure God out looking like this. You're not going to figure him out by looking through the lens of your circumstances. Why? Because your lens are not good. Your lens are imperfect. But when you look through him and his word, oh, there you are. I didn't realize you sat on the back row. Oh, that's great. I can see you. So we can't evaluate and judge God on the basis of lens that aren't good. And when circumstances around you are bad, he says, look at the nations. I'm doing something. Well, here's what I believe. Here's what I know about God. And I can affirm this and I can stand and plant my feet in concrete on this stage. Number one, God is in control. There is not a doubt in my mind. God is in control. You with me? You believe God's in control? Let him know. God, I believe you're in control. Number two, God is doing something even when I don't think he's doing something. I believe that with all my heart. When my wife was in the hospital those two days, I'm calling, texting, just checking on her during the day. I sent a text, how are you doing? 
And I wish I had my phone to, to show you the text. She said, I'm doing great. I am with a nurse. She's drawing blood and we're singing Waymaker together. <laughs> and we're talking about missions. I'm like, what? Come to find out it was this lady, a nurse who needed encouragement. And she heard Rachel playing Waymaker on her phone and she joined in singing and they began to share with one another how Jesus had blessed their life. Now you tell me, did we see that coming? No, but God is always doing something. Even when you're in a place you don't want to be or you're going through something you don't want to go through. Then when I went to pick her up on Tuesday evening, I, I, I pull up, they wouldn't let me come in. I pulled up in the truck and here she comes, a nurse is rolling around in a wheelchair. And I look, and Rachel's crying. I mean, I know that look when she's, I'm like, oh my goodness, what's happened now? And I look at the nurse, and it looked like the nurse had been crying. I said, man, this has got to be really bad. And I said, are y'all okay? Are you okay? And Rachel said, this is the most wonderful lady. She, she has blessed my life, and I just prayed for her on the elevator on the way down. And we talked about the joy of knowing Jesus and all this. I never would have seen that coming. Can I just tell you, God's doing something when you don't think he's doing anything. Just look around. He says to Habakkuk, look, I'm working. I'm doing something. And you know what else? His ways are not your ways. He doesn't have it figured out the way you do. Because guess what? We're wrong. He's right. And I believe with all my heart, Sometimes he uses the most unlikely ways to help us. The Babylonians, that's who he's going to use? Yep. And he did. And he may use something in your life that you say, there's no way. Unemployment, illness, whatever else. God uses everything for our good. You know, when I read this, it's like Swindoll. Chuck Swindoll, the preacher, said, your house has termites. You call the company and they come and say, we'll take care of it. And they douse your house with gasoline. They set it on fire, burn it down. And you go, wait, wait a minute. You burn the house down. They said, yep, but we killed the termites. I think sometimes God gets a little carried away. But remember, he's killing the termites. There's something he's doing that you and I may not ever understand. So here I want to show you something. If you don't get anything out, out of anything this morning, please understand what I'm about to show you. It's called the dip. The dip. Okay, this is not to go with Tostitos. Okay, this is a different dip. This is the journey we're all on. Now this has been, there's a book called The Dip. There's a lot of stuff out there about it, but I just want to explain what I see in this. When you give your life to Christ, when you follow Christ, when you're in obedience and man, you're, you're growing and things are working out and God's opening doors for you and he's blessing you, you're, you're going up. I mean, everything's going up. And you think if you have enough faith, it's just going to keep going. And then all of a sudden, you hit a dip. And, and you didn't see it coming. And you don't know why. Because you were doing everything right. You were doing everything you were supposed to. The first church, this is how I started ministry. My first church. I'm 19 years old. I go in there and for six weeks, man, I'm burning it up. I'm having a great time. It's the most amazing place. And one Sunday, a deacon said, what are you doing for lunch? 
I was single. <laughs> I was always looking for lunch. I said, nothing. Why? He said, I want to take you to lunch. While we're sitting at lunch, he looked at me and said, one of us is leaving. I said, you, are you talking about me? And he said, yeah. I said, what's wrong? And he says, you don't love us. I said, yeah, I do. Now, I was in a dip, literally. I was in onion dip. I was in cheese dip, whatever dip you want to call it. I was in it. Now, here's the most important thing to remember. This is the most important time in your life. The worst decisions you'll ever make, you make them right there. The worst things you'll ever say to somebody, you'll say them right there. And it will change the trajectory of the rest of your life. Because right here, you can give up on God or you can get a fresh start. Right there, you can say, you know what? I don't understand this, God, but I know you and I'm trusting you. And it can be a, literally an open door of blessings that God gives you. You know what I did? I sat there and listened to him. I had two options. One of them was to look at him and tell him what I really thought. And I had an option to stand in front of that church and tell him, you know what? I ain't got time for y'all anyway. Or I could humble myself and say, I am so sorry. Can you help me? And can I get another fresh start? And by the way, I want to work for you, I said. He was a house builder. And you know what that man did? He hired me. For three years, we built houses together. For three years, I learned how to love and to pastor. And it all happened in the dip. Because I could have gone a whole nother direction and walked away from God. But I decided, you know what? I'm going to trust him. So brace yourself. Be honest. And change your question. The question this morning is not why is that stuff happening to you? The question is, who is he? The question is not why. Look what, look what happens in the text. Habakkuk. He says to the Lord, I'm in verse 12, Are you not from everlasting? O Lord, my God, my Holy One, we shall not die. O Lord, you have ordained them as a judgment. Oh, and you, O rock, have established them for reproof. And you who are pure eyes to see evil, you, you can't look at wrong. And why do you idly look at traitors and remain silent when the wicked swallows up the man more righteous than he? He basically starts by saying, God, I know who you are. He's telling God who God is. You're the righteous one. You're pure. You know why he did that? Because you need to remember who God is. You see, I don't think you have to worry about the next chapter of your life when you know the author. When you know the author, you can trust him. And so even in this anger, even in this frustration, he's reminding himself as he's telling God, I know who you are. And let me tell you, I know who God is. And if I don't know anything about him, there are three things I'll forever believe about him. Number one, God loves me and God loves you. John 3, 16. Number two, God is for us. Romans 8, 31, 32. And you know what else? God is working everything out for our good. I believe that about God, even though I can't understand everything that he does. So ask the right question. And the last thing, surrender. 
Surrender. I mean, look what Habakkuk does. He says, all right, I'm going to the prayer tower. I'm going to the watch tower. This is verse 1, chapter 2. I will take my stand at my watch post and station myself on the tower. And I'll look out to see what he will say to me and what I will answer concerning my complaint. complaint. In other words, he's going to go pray. And he's going to be quiet. And he's going to listen. Which is a way of saying, I'm going to surrender. You see, to have a fresh start, you have to be willing to start again. But some of us have too much pride to start again. Lay it down. Surrender. One of my favorite athletes at the Olympics. Never heard of her before, but man, I won't ever forget her. She's from Kentucky. Her name is Sydney McLaughlin. Sydney McLaughlin actually won Two gold medals. She ran the 400 meters, excuse me, 400 meter hurdles. Won that in a world record time, and then participated in the relay, the four by 400. And here's what she said in a post the next day. She posted something about how she was proud to represent the United States, but she was even more proud to represent the kingdom of God. And she said. I have more in Christ than I have or don't have in what I do. And she went on to say, I pray my journey may be a clear depiction of submission and obedience to God no matter what. Now, here comes the part I want you to see. She closes that post with this. Even when it doesn't make sense, even when it doesn't seem possible, he will make a way out of no way. Not for my own gratification, but for his glory. I've never seen God fail in my life, or in anyone's life, for that matter. Just because I may not win every race or receive every one of my heart's desires does not mean God had failed. Say it with me. His will is perfect. Do you believe that? If you believe that, be honest and tell him, God, I'm disappointed. I'm struggling, but I believe you and your will is perfect. So can we just bow together for a moment as our heads are bowed? Will you tell him something right now? Will you just tell him whatever it is that you are frustrated about, whatever it is that you can't work out, you can't understand, Just surrender and say, Lord, I'm going to wait. I'm going to watch because I believe your will is perfect. You've never, never made a mistake in my life, Lord. You've never failed me. And you're not going to fail me now. If you're in this room and you've never put your trust and your faith in Jesus. It's hard to trust somebody you don't know. And my greatest desire is that you would know Jesus. That you would know him. And you would see his love change your life. And today you can do that. If you're streaming this today, you can do that. 
just simply by faith. In fact, Jesus said that he came that we might have life and life abundant. And the Bible tells us, whoever calls on the name of the Lord, they shall be saved. And so it all starts with, let's call on him. Let's just ask him. So I'm going to lead a prayer. And, and, and if you would join me in this, it's just your way of saying, Jesus, I, I don't understand a lot. But I believe you. And I will follow you. Jesus, thank you for what you did for me. Tell him, thank you for dying on a cross for my sin. And today, I believe you are the Messiah. I believe you are the Savior of the world. And I give you my life. I surrender. And I will wait for you to show me whatever you want me to do. I'll follow you all of my days. If you prayed that prayer, I believe with all my heart he heard you and God will show you. If, if again, wherever you are streaming this, that moment you really believe and called upon him. I'm not going to tell you that everything's going to change and, and all your dreams come true tomorrow, the things you want. But I'll tell you this, you'll feel his presence and you'll never be alone. And life will make a lot more sense even when it doesn't make sense. I'm so thankful today. I stand here before you in a world of chaos, in a world of COVID, in a world of war, in a world of earthquakes. But I stand here today more confident than ever that Jesus Christ is the Lord. And I trust him with all my life and with all my hope. I surrender. So next week, we're going to actually go with Habakkuk to that place and we're going to wait on the Lord. And we're going to say, okay, Lord, I'm listening. Speak to me. And you might be surprised what's going to happen. So I hope you'll be back next week. God bless you. Have a wonderful Lord's Day. And be safe. Thanks again for listening to the First Orlando Podcast. For more information like our service times, location, and other contact information, be sure to visit us online at firstorlando.com. Have a great week.